Welcome to another episode of Living an Alter Life. My name is Mike and I'm your host. And this week I have a young gal who is just blowing my mind with some of the things she does. And uh, so excited to introduce you guys to this incredible woman. So without further ado, let's welcome in Marianne Cowan. Marianne, you ready to go for a run? I'm all ready. Anytime. <laughs> or should that be a bike? Or should we just go uh... for a run and a bike? Let's do the run, bike, run. Or run, we could bike, do run. We could do inline skating, too, because I can do that. Oh, say so, so run. Maybe we'll create a new thing here. It'll be a run, bike, inline skating ultra. What do that you think? Would be, that I hang into. Yep. There you go. That would be fun. So, Marianne, as we get started, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, your family, and all that good stuff. And then we'll launch into this incredible athletic prowess that you have. Well, I am soon to be 70 years old in August, so that's really exciting for that me. That is amazing. That's so exciting. I was born and raised in Wilmington, Delaware, and I'm one of four children. I am the second in line. I have an older sister, Cindy, and then it's me, then Diana and Stan. I'm the least typical athlete you could ever find. I went to 12 years of Catholic school, and we were musicians. Okay. So I played piano and cello and my older sister's concert pianist, the younger, a violinist. So we would play in trios all the time. So no sports were allowed because we couldn't take a chance of injuring ourselves because we were in orchestras and concerts and we used to play a lot of trios together. That's awesome. How long did you guys play together? Many years. It was a lot of years until I was a junior in high school. And then I was really scared to ask my father if I could quit taking cello lessons because I needed to concentrate on my studies because my lifelong dream was to be a registered nurse. Okay. I always wanted to be a pediatric nurse and take care of children. And I told him, I said, you know, I need to spend time on studies. I don't have time because dad was a taskmaster. I always kind of laugh and say we were like the Von Trapp family singers where Children were seen and not heard and did exactly what the parents <laughs> yep. to the march of dad. And, um, you know, it's what we did. It's how we were raised. And he was big on discipline. So I just didn't have the time. I wanted to get on the honor roll and excel at the study so I could get into nursing school. My okay. dream. I did get in and I became a registered nurse. And then so that was one goal. The next goal was to get married and have children. Okay. And I I think you were successful at that, too. Yep. Yep. I've had three children. My first was a son. He was born in November of 74. And unfortunately, in September of 75, we were in a horrific car accident and he was killed. Oh, my goodness. Um, Wow. We were stationed. My husband was in the Marine Corps. Okay. And we were Cherry Point, North Carolina. And it was on our way back to base when this happened. Probably still not ever recovered from it. You don't, but life for some reason goes on and you don't know why. So I started walking and walking and walking just to get rid of some of the stress to try to understand what was going on. Then I had two daughters, one born in 1976 and another one born in 1978. We traveled a lot in the military. Okay, Um, so you were stationed a bunch of different places then. Yes, we went from North Carolina to New York, out to California, back to New York, 
then down here to Virginia. And this was our last duty station that we got stationed at in 1984. Um, my husband was military police and he had to do either recruiting or drill instructor. So we okay. recruiting. So that brought us here to Virginia. Okay. Wow. So and, now you're up in the Richmond area, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Field now. Yes, we were stationed here. And normally the Marines, you know, military police, you get stationed overseas back and forth. He had gotten orders to go overseas one time, and it was right when our son was killed. So they allowed him to give up those orders. Well, then we got he got another set of orders. It was 1988. He got orders okay. to go overseas. He went overseas to Okinawa in August, and he died of a massive heart attack doing a 15-mile conditioning hike in Okinawa at the age of 34. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, my goodness, Marianne. Wow. Oh, you had just a wee bit of trauma in your life. Yeah, I've also buried another husband. That was right after I qualified for Boston. But that's to retract it some. When he died, I was in total turmoil, you know, with the girls and everything. Oh, yeah. I had vowed... One day I thought I'd always done aerobics, things like that, doing a lot of walking. And I thought, you know, one day I heard this thing about the Marine Corps Marathon. I thought one day I'm going to run that in honor and memory of my son and late husband. Well, then in 2006, my nephew was killed in Iraq. Oh, my goodness. So I did the Marine Corps Marathon. And I in just 2006. Got, yep. I got that's hooked. amazing. Wow. So uh, was that your first marathon? It was my second. Your second. I did, okay. I had done a 13 mile half marathon way back the last year that Richmond ever did them. I thought, ah, I'll just go do this. Why not? Okay. I run, so why not do a ma half a marathon? It sounded like fun. I knew nothing about training, nothing about shoes. <laughs> I went and ran it in my Reebok nursing shoes. Oh, my God. You ran your first half marathon in nursing <laughs> shoes. Yes. Yes. I wow. had no and I think I wore Umbro shorts. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> and what year was that? That was probably 2003. Okay. So you went from 1988 walking because of all the turmoil and all this stuff to 2003 running your first half marathon in your nursing shoes yes because i thought it would be fun i taught aerobics at the ymca and i heard all these people talking about how much fun it was to run and i thought well maybe i could try this that's and amazing talking about this half marathon that was coming up and i thought oh sure and i did it and i thought okay well that's good that was fun don't know that I could do any more. And then as I was teaching aerobics and hearing talk, people talking about the marathons and then knew I wanted to eventually do this, Leukemia Society, in the meantime, it had the team in training. Right. And yep. I thought, well, maybe I'll join that for the marathon. But I all of a sudden switched gears and had this interest back in 1996 of inline skating. Okay. So I did team and training and did the Athens to Atlanta inline skate marathon, which was 86 miles. Oh, my God. You inline <laughs> skated 86 miles? Yes. yes I, yep. I know. That was, yeah. I used to get up every Sunday morning at four o'clock in the morning, drive to Washington, D.C. to meet up with the team. 
We would skate the Old Dominion Trail, Capitol Crescent Trail, Rock Creek Park. And I learned, I had, a, I had this pair of rollerblades that I think I got at like a Walmart. Oh and they advised that I would not be able to do this skate with those on. So I went to another sports store and bought another pair. And we used to have blisters the size of half dollars. Oh, oh my goodness. I knew not what I was doing. But I just kept following along and I had such a blast. So I kept doing inline skate marathons up until until 2003 when I did that half marathon. So I thought, okay, well, now let me switch over to this because inline skating was kind of going out of style about that time in the 2000s. So I did the half marathon, kept on running small races. I did, you know, a lot of the 5Ks, the 10Ks, things like that with that goal that the Marine Corps. So then I did that in 2006. And then I met up with friends running in Rockwood Park that told me about Sportsbackers training team where you could learn how to run a marathon the right way. Oh, my gosh. So So you ran your first Marine Corps marathon. Just sort of let me just go out and see what happens. Yes, I had. I did not know what I was doing. That's awesome. That is so awesome. But it was the most memorable. I know there was a lot of tears going on in my mind because I did it in memory of my son, my first late husband and my nephew. And then my dad was a Marine and my brother was a colonel in the Marine Corps. So I did it in honor of them as well. So there was a lot of emotions tied into that. But I thought, I have to keep doing this thing. This is like awesome. Awesome. So I joined sports backers and trained with them and I've done 15 marathons altogether. Wow. That is incredible. But in the midst of all of that, all of a sudden there was this thing that our coaches told us this thing called the national um, USAT is coming to Richmond and we need people to be course marshals, hand out water, all of that. So can all of you come do that? I said, sure, why not? And that was in 2008. Okay. And I said, oh, I've got to do that. <laughs> oh, no way. So that's how you got interested in the duathlons? Yes. I was, this lady was coming in at the finish line and she was elderly. And I said, oh, let me run this last bit with you. Let me help you. Oh, no, no, no. We can't have help. You know, it's, which is true. USAT, don't right. touch a person, don't help them, don't run, don't do anything or they get disqualified. But wow. I thought, wow, that looks interesting. So we all were talking to our coach, Sean Cusack, and he said, well, they're coming back again next year for nationals and they're going to do worlds here. So they started a training team. So I joined the Sportsbackers Duathlon training team. <laughs> That's wild. So had you done much biking up to that point? No, I bought a bike. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't know where to begin. I went to Perrytown Bike, and two of my running friends that decided they were going to join the team, too, were in there, and they bought a Cannondale. Well, they're really, really smart girls. Okay. So, oh, Well, if that's the bike they chose, I'm sure they did research on it because that's the kind of girls they are. So I told the man, I want the same bike they got. (laughs) (laughs) So they ordered me a Cannondale, a different height, because these two girls were tiny. They were about five foot tall and I'm five foot six. So I ordered my bike, came in and I said, 
what it doesn't have pedals oh no yeah the bikes don't come with pedals they don't I, come with pedals no uh-uh you get That's your you crazy. Buy pedals you, know, you need to buy clips or not clips and i said well what is everybody else getting and they said the clips well sean kusak broke us into the world of bicycling by taking us out to west creek before it was busy like it is took us out on the soccer field on the grass and taught us how to clip and unclip in our bikes. And we looked like a bunch of weebles. <laughs> Is there any video of this? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> I, you know, still to this day, I remind Sean of this because he cannot believe that I'm still doing this from 2008. That's he incredible. Said, else on the training team doesn't do this anymore, Marianne. And, and you're I the said, only one left that's still doing it from 2008. Yes, and I still have my Cannondale. In fact, yes, my Cannondale's got thousands. My Cannondale has been all over the world with me because I didn't realize, but if you did this duathlon and you're in top of your age group, you qualified for worlds. No way. And you could go all over the world. So the first year I qualified for worlds and I got into worlds that year was in the United States and it was in Concord, North Carolina. Okay. So I did that and I had, um, I was dating a gentleman at the time. So he went with me and it poured down rain. <laughs> of course. <laughs> in Concord, North Carolina on the racetrack. So it was flooded. All of the street markings were floating around. Oh my gosh. Marshals were hiding. Somehow I finished it and came out alive. That's incredible so high that I had to get off my bike and walk it up the hill. I had no clue what I was doing. That's amazing. So I, how I, many miles is a duathlon? Like how far do you, is it just that you bike and run or do you run, bike and run? You run, bike, run. And it's different. They have sprint duathlons, which I don't do because they're short. And I figure if I'm going to pay the money, then I'm going to do the long. Usually it's a 5k run followed by a 25 mile bike. Then you run another 10K. Wow. Um, Wait, you get off of the bike after a 25-mile bike and you run a 10K? What are your legs like when you get um, off the bike? Wobbles. They weeble wobble. I mean, you just, you get off and you're like, wait a minute. How can I do this? How can my feet even touch the ground and keep on running? My first ones, I just, you know, we trained really, he had us training up and down Riverside Drive all over, but now the training team was done because Nationals wasn't coming to Richmond anymore. So now I was in charge of my own training. Okay. But it was just the people were phenomenal. And I qualified for Worlds, which is in North Carolina. So then the following year, it was in Richmond again, and I qualified for Scotland. Oh, Wow. And a bunch of people from Richmond, there was about six of us that went to Scotland and competed. Well, Frank and I got married in August of 2010. And I said to him, since I qualified for Scotland, why don't we use that as our honeymoon? Oh, that's awesome. Over to Scotland. And oh, my goodness gracious. I had to learn how to take my bike apart, put it back together, put it in a case, get it through customs. I mean, oh, I, I hadn't even thought about that. Getting your bike there. I'm just like thinking, you know, tennis shoes and, you know, oh, yeah, wow, no. bikes a whole nother thing, isn't it? Well, and I had gone to a bike shop, which I won't mention their name, and they helped me pack my bike. Unfortunately, they packed the wrong wheels in my bike. No. 
And I got to Scotland and I couldn't figure out what was wrong, that I just knew how to put this bike together with these wheels. Just He sold me these $2,000 wheels that said, right. oh, you need to buy these because they'll get you up those hills in Scotland. Well, I got there and they wouldn't even get on the bike. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so they didn't fit your, were you still on the Cannondale at this point? Yes. And it was a nine speed. Well, these were for a 10 speed bike. Oh, no. I called the bike owner from Scotland <laughs> and told him my dilemma. Oh, well, you can jerry rig it to fit it. I said, no, 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 wait a minute. I'm going up cliffs. You don't yeah. understand. Um, I can't jerry rig anything. Wow. So for me to get a taxi, go to a like local bike shop, rent a set of wheels, put them on my bike and participate in the race. Then I took the bike wheels back, came back home, took my bike and those bike wheels to his shop and said, do something, please. Or I Oh, want my, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> who knew you could rent bike wheels right yes i rented them they that's were so crazy so nice to me and he paid me for everything that i had to incur he was oh, very good okay so they fixed my bike changed it into a 10 speed and that sweet cannondale is still with me to this day she just has been to spain with me she's been all over the world in that's awesome each time I've gone to nationals, I've qualified for worlds. And then you asked about distances. Well, then I decided I was going to do a half Ironman, which oh, is wow. a run, a 56-mile bike, followed by a 13-mile run. Wow. And I thought, okay, yeah, me and some friends decided, sure, we can go do that. So we got in my car, packed all the bikes on the back of my car, drove to Florida, did the half Ironman, and I hear my name announced that I won a national championship. I got first in my eighth. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. How old were you at this point? That was, I don't even remember. I don't remember. That was about seven years ago. Okay. Seven years ago. But see, in between the duathlons, after I had gone to Scotland and Spain twice, I dropped out of duathlons for a little bit because my girlfriend had run the Boston Marathon. And my husband, Frank, said, oh, you've got to do that. And I looked at him like, are you crazy? I can't run that fast. I was going to say, so, so this is, so you're probably late 50s, right? 61. 61. Okay. So you've got to do, what was it, a 420? 424. Okay. And I thought, okay. So I joined back up with Marathon Training Team. I worked really, really hard. And I was 61. We drove up to Erie, Pennsylvania. I did the Erie Marathon, got second in my age group. Wow. It, it was my fastest marathon, which to you people who do such fast runs, I did it in 413. That's so awesome. I was like, and I came across the finish line and Sean Cusack was there, you know, one of my marathon coaches, because his wife was running it. He qualified. She didn't. But he kept saying to me, you did it. You qualified. And I said, no, Sean, I think the clock stopped. And he said, Marianne, <laughs> stop the clock for you. And I said, but it, it, it said, and he goes, no, Marianne, you qualified. He said, in fact, you took second place in your age group. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. That's awesome. So I qualified for Boston. And um, the sad part is on the way home, it was a 10 hour drive. I noticed my husband, Frank, was not feeling great. He was a lawyer and very prominent and Frank Cowan, he was just the most incredible man. Just okay. 
17 years older than me, but the kindest, sweetest man in the world, such a Southern gentleman. So I said, look, get to your doctor, but don't talk about golfing. You've got to talk, tell him. I said, me as a nurse, I know something's wrong. I don't know what. So he went and they did blood tests and they came back and they, I looked at him and I had concerns, but his doctor said, well, if I thought it was this, this, and this, you'd be in the hospital right away. And right away, my mind triggered on leukemia. They sent for a bone marrow biopsy and it came back leukemia. Wow. So he never, he, he made it from October when he got diagnosed till August, but he didn't get to go with me for my first Boston marathon. Oh my gosh. But he was so, so sick. And how many years ago did you lose him? He died eight years ago. In oh, 20- wow. So I did Boston in 2015 and then he died. Um, I did Boston again in 2016 and then got into New York, too. So, yeah, he didn't get to see me do that. Um, run the biggies. That's wild. So you've run two Bostons and a New York. Yep. And Chicago several times. Marine okay. Corps. I've done 15 marathons, but then in the midst of all this and these duathlons, you know, you get egged on by people to do crazy things. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Cause that's what runners are crazy. So yeah. But every time I would go to these other countries, I'd see these fancy bikes and here I am with my little Cannondale, the little engine that couldn't thinking, man, I don't stand a chance with these Hills and it was cobblestones, things like that. And when I had gone to Spain, I saw a Quintana Roo that was bright pink. And if you know me, everything's You're, about. I was going to say, yeah, you, so you had to get it. It was bright pink. Well, I saw it. Well, when I won the national championship for the half iron, I said to the guy, I said, um, how did I win this? I said, there was other people in my age group, weren't there? And he said, well, they quit during the ride because there were all these fires in Florida and the black plumes of smoke, people were coughing and falling off bikes. And he oh said, my gosh. And then you have to run through the Miami zoo. Oh, wow. The smells of the animals in the heat. I was going to say, what month was this? It was November. So the it's heat. still pretty hot. Yes, it was. And this is the hilarious part. Um, you're running and people are walking past you with snow cones and with cotton candy. And I wanted to say, watch out or I'm going to grab that away. from you <laughs> I would have been grabbing the fir- first snow cone I saw, man. And then you run past the elephants and it smells pretty bad. Uh-huh. You know, you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is amazing. I, I wasn't going to quit. And when I won the national championship, it was to go to Switzerland. Um, Unfortunately, I can't afford to go to all the worlds that I've gotten qualified for. But and I thought there's no way I can go to Switzerland and do a half Ironman in those mountains. Right. So I did not go. But um, I kept on doing the nationals. And that's um, awesome. But when I was there, I saw the salesman for the Quintana Roos and he had that bright pink one sitting right there. (laughs) <laughs> I said to him, are you trying to tempt me or what? So I got his name, got all his information, and I came back home. And you could only at the time order those online. And I ordered my bike. You could get them pretty pricey if you want. But I picked the components that worked best for me. Right. And I've had it for two years now. And I absolutely love it. 
and it's and, and it's bright pink now is your oh. kit that you wear on the bike is it bright pink also well some of them are yes okay but nationals and world you have to wear the team uniforms okay and if you don't you get disqualified right you know and they're pretty pricey so therefore i have to pick and choose which ones i go to because all the other countries pay for their athletes to do these races united states does not does not really wow no all at our cost but you know my i it's like with everything else it's i now have friends all over the world that's awesome that that's do, amazing and in the midst of this i bumped into somebody who said hey i want to do antelope canyon <laughs> marathon you okay go, you want to go with me to page arizona and do this i said sure that's funny. 50 miles so you just so your first 50 miler you head off to arizona and do antelope canyon yes any idea did you have any clue what a 50 miler would was going to be like no <laughs> that is so awesome i joined at the time they started a ultra training team here in richmond okay a friend told me about it. i thought okay i'll join that even training with this coach who she was tough tough as nails i'd like to tell them all that none of this holds a candle to antelope canyon uh-huh antelope canyon you it's run, not easy <laughs> you should go through when you practice you need to go to north carolina and practice on the sand dunes yep. go up and, and up and down because i've never seen so many miles of red sand in my life yeah well you start and get there it's like at 4 35 in the morning and it's i was so excited the fact that i you know I had my sand gaiters and I did everything that the instructor told us. And I read the instructions and I even glued on the gaiters so they wouldn't fall. Off. <laughs> they talked about how they fall off in the sand. And the first half mile is straight uphill. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought, OK, and this is in the dark with my headlamp on. Yep. I like I had no idea. But my goal is to one day to go back and do it again. And everybody asked, I asked to go do it with me. They said, no, it's called preservation of life. <laughs> Bunch of chickens. I'll go do it with you someday. <laughs> and you know who said they would do it with me? Cynthia. Cynthia Lou. <laughs> yep. I knew it. I knew it. In the whole world. <laughs> she goes, I'll go with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Lou, I can't keep up with you, sweet friend. I can't. The only well, nobody can keep up with Cynthia. So, yeah, I just watch Cynthia blow past me all the time. So, I, yeah. I can do slightly faster than her, and it's only with fatigued legs if she's run the day before, done something else. <laughs> I can a little bit faster than her. It, but, I, but can you sustain it over a 50-mile period like she does? Yeah, we did it. Um, we did 60 miles the other day. And oh, she wow. It was really close to me. And we're doing 100 miles this Saturday. Okay. To get so, so you're just running 100 miles just for the heck of it. Oh, well, no, we're riding. Oh, that's like, right. You're riding. Like, you're biking 100 miles. Okay. I was going to say, you're just you know, rolling out, just you know, running 100 miles. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> Sounds like fun. I will pace Cynthia. I did when she did her hundred miler, I paced her at nighttime and I got in 38 miles. But that wow. was to when she was already dehydrated and yep. you know, still moving very strong, but I was helping to keep the snakes out of her way. 
And keep her mind, it's when she did her 100 miler in Pennsylvania. Yes. Yeah. Not an easy one. Privileged, privileged enough to be in her presence to do that. She's amazing. She is totally phenomenal. I just love everything about her. And she's the one that instigates me to do. Wait a second. I think if I was to ask Cynthia this, she might be saying that you're the one that's instigating some of these things. Let me tell you, we met on the ultra training team. Okay. And I would see her when practice started, then wouldn't see her again until the next week. <laughs> because I'd be out there in Williamsburg in Freedom Park trying to maneuver, and she was already at home taking her shower. Exactly. Yep. That, you know, that Yeah. She's, but, she's an incredible runner. So I met you for the first time this year at the backyard where you also participated. Yeah. But then you were amazing because then you stopped, but you crewed Cynthia the rest of her run. Yeah. If she's in a race and I'm there with her, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. She is just truly. She has my heart. Yeah. And I'll never leave her if she's in the midst of doing something because the thought of just of leaving. No, no, no. I got to know that she's back in the car safe. Well, you know, you, you and Cynthia have such a close bond. I don't know if you remember this, but at some point I asked you at backyard, if you were Cynthia's mom, I know a lot of people ask me if I'm her mom. And I said, I wished I was, but no, I said, but she is just, I don't know what, how it even happened. We just, develop this bond and this friendship and this loyalty to one another. And when she asked me to crew her for her hundred miler, I felt like somebody gave me a million dollars because I thought she honestly trusted me and my heart to get her through this. And she asked Bella to do it as well. To me, it was such an honor to be presence while she did that. And her kids, she's got six kids. I love every one of them. And I'm like a grandmom to them. That's awesome. Um, I adore them with every breath. Every one of her children holds a special place in my heart. That's and awesome. I have grandchildren of my own. And now I have her six. So That is so awesome. Daughters. When you crewed her to, the, to her hundred, you didn't do the easy part. You did through the middle of the night, right? with her and I and Bella jumped in and I was supposed to stop but I couldn't I said no no I can't I, I can't leave you I've got to stay with you and we're all three nurses right so, you know I just knew that yeah no I wasn't going to leave her side That's and then awesome. at the end I walked away the last half mile I stayed to the edge because one of her daughters jumped in and walked with her and I didn't want to interfere in that very special moment yeah you know, you know, when it's time to move to the side, this is not yep. about, this is about her. That's awesome. And that to watch awesome. daughter go through that finish line, you know, I just thought anything she wants me to do, sure. So then she sheepishly talks me into doing this 24 hour Cape Fear thing. Good. <laughs> You're coming down to Cape Fear too? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, it's going to be a huge party. But guess what I talked her into? What'd you talk her into? 
She's doing the Lorraine Duathlon with me. No, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So when are you guys doing the Lorraine Duathlon? Isn't that in October also? August. August. Okay. We're dry wow. and it's hot and it's very hilly. <laughs> and it's That's awesome. And you guys every are crazy. I quit, I say I'm not going to go back. And I go back because I can, I usually can place like either first in my age group. This last year, I got third overall female. Wow. Standard. I don't do the sprint. And they okay. also find a triathlon with it. So there aren't as many people. So I will be 70 when I do it this year. So my goal is to get first for everything. There you go. That's awesome. One, you know. <laughs> that is awesome. I think I think you are totally able to do that. That is amazing. So I did not realize you were coming to Cape Fear also. Yeah, yeah, thanks to Cynthia Lou. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be like a huge party. I know, I can't even. When I tell friends I'm doing it, they said, do you know what you're doing? And I said, no, but Cynthia's going to be there. I'll That's be right. Fine. My family looks at me and they nobody quite understands it. And I guess um, growing up being a middle child, I was always the one that say said never would achieve anything. I was yep. always that little engine that could but it's never going to get there and like getting into nursing school oh yeah like she's going so I got on the honor roll after applying to several several colleges and schools I got in and I promised myself I would never miss a day of school because there was too much information and I just couldn't take the chance I never missed a day of school kept on going and everybody said oh okay well she made it you know she passed her boards okay all right. And then when I got married, oh, yeah, this will never last. You know, she's in her 20s. And I had, you know, my third child by the time I was 25. And I was a widow by the time I was 35. And, you know, I buried a son at 22. Oh, she'll never make it. My whole family, we have a lot of grit. Dad taught us to be very independent, never ask for help, do things on your own. If you start something, finish it. Don't stop because then you're a failure. So I always felt the need to try to excel. I always wanted to do something that I could excel at or be really good at. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not really good at any of these things that I'm doing. I mean, I can hit first, second, third in age group but because I'm old. I can win certain things, but I'm never going to be able to be one of these top ultra runners. I'm never going to win at Worlds because the Great Brits when I went to Spain and I'm there at the starting line and the first run took off, I thought, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> a little faster I pace than you were used to. Yeah. And when we got started that first mile, the speedsters flew into me. I flew down the cobblestones and he turned around to apologize. I said, keep going because you're going to win a gold. I realized then it's about wanting to enjoy it. Yes. I know I'm not, I'm not an athletically built person at right. all. Right. I, not, it's not in my nature. My family looks at me, shakes their head. My grandchildren say, do you think you could act like a grandma? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. You know, you're, you're not acting like a Mimi, you know, you go places and we say you're our grandma and they just kind of look at us and laugh. Yeah. And my Son who's a sophomore or he'll be a junior at VMI every time he comes home I say come on run trails with me he said yeah no I do that every day no no Mimi he said why don't <laughs> and crochet in it or watch soap operas 
Yeah, well, I think running ultras and yeah, doing these badass duathlons is a little bit like knitting and crocheting, don't you? <laughs> I I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know, the biggest thing I see in you, Marianne, you're just a, you don't quit. You don't, there's no quit inside of you. And I love the the little engine that could because that is like the perfect description of you. If anybody tells you you can't, you just seem like this type of person that says, okay, let me just show you. And you go out yeah. and do it. It's like, watch me. You know, at 70, yes, I can do this. I want to be that person who at 80 is still out there. That's God, awesome. Why I do what I do. Another reason was, and I said, I have buried a son and two husbands. I want to show people that when you hit tragedy, I mean, a year after my husband died, a car ran through my house in the same oh my room. Gosh. <laughs> And I said, I want to show people that no matter how bad life can get to you or how much you go through, God gave us these bodies and this life to use. There's a purpose. There's a purpose why God put me on this earth, this little engine that could. And I, by golly, am not going to waste the time. That is awesome. That I is the to- perfect summary to this entire podcast. Marianne, thank you so much. Blessings to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.